today on Abounding Grace. There are those that like to put themselves on a pedestal and God will have none of that. It's best just to humble yourself before the mighty hand of God. Consider yourself an under rower, a bondservant, a diakonos, a table waiter. Just serve the Lord. You owe everything to Jesus. Don't look for credit. Don't look for accolades. Don't get personally offended if nobody thanks you or nobody notices. Believe me, it's not true. Not only do people notice, but even if nobody, no human ever notices what you do for the kingdom, the Bible says, the Bible says that what you do in secret, your heavenly father will reward you openly. So don't serve man, serve the Lord. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You When God uses someone in your life, there can be that tendency within us to want to put them on some sort of pedestal because you're thankful. Or let's say the Lord is really using you and blessing your life, and people are thanking and praising you left and right. About that time, you're tempted to think of yourself more highly than you ought. Today on Abounding Grace, we'll be encouraged to adopt a perspective modeled for us by the Apostle Paul. He was humble and just saw himself as a servant. He certainly didn't want to draw attention to himself or receive the glory for what God did in and through his life. Pastor Ed Taylor opens 2 Corinthians 12 and urges us to live with that mindset. The Bible says that God's word goes out across the world. And so all around the world at every age, everyone is heard. Everyone's going to be accountable for what they hear. You go, wait a minute, what do they hear? They hear this Bible study? No, no, no. But in Romans, when we looked at this in depth, you can get the study later, but in Romans, we learned that everyone ever that has ever taken a breath on the planet Earth has the light of creation. Everyone. And everyone that has the light of creation, if they follow that, they also will recognize that every human being on the planet has a conscience. They have an innate ability to know the difference between right or wrong. It doesn't matter if they've ever been taught it or not. They know you don't, you don't need to te- teach a kid how to do bad. They just naturally go in that direction. And they also know the difference. Even someone in the deep, dark jungle knows the difference between right and wrong. And if you, just like any of us, if we were stuck in the deep, dark jungle, um, lost, just the two of us, it's as dark as dark can be. There's not one ounce of life, but we happen to have found two machetes. And we're going to work our way out of the jungle. And so we make a decision. We're lost but there's got to be hope. We got to get, there's, there's something, because I could tell there's got to be a way out of here. So we're back to back, and we just make a decision. Okay, you go that way, I'll go this way. We'll cut our way through. And so we do. And the first time either one of us sees one pinpoint or light, we'll yell at the other person. Okay, deal. So we cut and cut and cut and cut. There you are. You finally find a pinpoint of light, and you know that if you keep cutting in that direction, what's going to happen? The light's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. You get your way out. I mean, that's hope. You came from darkness to a pinpoint of light. You have a responsibility to follow that light. Now, if you yelled at me across the jungle and you say, Ed, Ed, you won't believe it. I found the light. I know where to go. We just got to keep going in this direction. And I say, I don't want to go in that direction. Who's responsible? 
I'm responsible for that decision. And God has placed every human being in a place of responsibility. Now, you and I have been not, we have a greater responsibility because God's entrusted to us the fullness of his revelation of the gospel. So we don't have to run after some pinpoint of light. The full revelation of God's plan of salvation is available to you today. You're a sinner. Jesus Christ died to forgive you of your sins. If you'll surrender your life today and repent of your sins, the Bible says you shall be saved. That's what you have to turn away from. You don't have to guess what's the light and where it's going to take us because God has revealed what the light is. Jesus himself said, he's the light. He's the way, the truth, and the life. He declares himself to be the light. And he has these pinpoints of light on the earth today. You know who they're called? Christians. A lot of pinpoints. That's why people run away from you. You go, I thought they run away for other reasons. No, you're a pinpoint of light. And as you live your life for Jesus in love and, 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 you, and you just, you know, that's why sometimes people do run away from you because you're not the pinpoint because you've got, you just come in like a floodlight. Have you ever been asleep camping or anything and somebody just shines a light in your face? It's like, dude, get that light out of my face, you know? And so you have to be careful with the light. It's got to shine it in a way that's going to be received. You got to help people see you don't want to shine it in their face. You want to shine it at their feet. The Bible says that the word of God is a lamp unto our feet. So you want to show them the way out. You want to show them the rescue. You want to show them the freedom like someone did with you. With Paul here as he's laying out before the, before, the church, before the church in Corinth this vision, if it was Lystra, I can see now why. He had a heavenly vision and a vision of the cross. And if it meant running back into the city and losing his life for one more opportunity to share the gospel, he did. The next day he departs to barn. Now it makes sense. He stayed a whole day there. They didn't, they didn't stone him or anything. He stayed a whole day and then they departed. That's if it fits in that. If it doesn't fit in that, he still had many different visions that you can see why a person would be motivated to give their life to the gospel. It's completely wholeheartedly. So back in 2 Corinthians, let's close up with this final thought I think the Lord would have for us. It's beautiful too. So important that we get this. He says in verse 5, Of such a one I'll boast, yet of myself I'll not boast, except in my infirmities. For though I might desire to boast, I will not be a fool, for I will speak the truth. But I refrain, lest anyone should think of me above what he sees me to be or hears from me. Paul could have taken advantage of this vision in a powerful way. He could have used it to his advantage. It could have been the premier entry point in reaching people and planning churches. It would definitely be a crowd gatherer, don't you think? Come and hear Paul's vision of, of heaven. And then, you know, the word would get out. Of course, they didn't have the internet back then. But if he had the internet back then, he'd put, a, you know, he'd put up a web page. He'd put up a video. He'd put up a little sneak preview. Of, and he could have used but he didn't. He says, you know, I'm gonna, I've, I've said enough. I've said enough. I'm not saying any more at verse 6 because I don't want anybody to think more above me. Think of me above what he sees me to be or hears from me. Now, don't forget what he's saying here. Remember how they saw him? They saw him as a weakling. 
They saw him with his outward appearance, his crooked nose and his bald head and his, his bow legs and his inability to speak. And remember, we've already looked at this. He, he was seen as somebody not to be seen. He, they actually used it against him. I can't believe you're following Paul. He doesn't even look like an apostle. He doesn't even sound like an apostle. How can, and they were just bragging on him because of his outward appearance and the way he spoke. How he didn't, he didn't come across as someone that, well, from their perspective, that God would use like that. And Paul says, you know what? I'm cool with who I am. I'll boast. You, know, you don't like the way my nose is or my bald head or my, I don't care. I'm not, I'm not going to go off. I'm not going to try it. That's just who I am. And, and what you see in here, that, that's all I have to give you. That's who I am. That's all I got. In a previous study, we talked all about not wanting to be someone else and comparing yourself to someone else. It's just a trap. We just are who we are. But there's something else I want to show you here that I want to add to that for you. This phrase is so vital for those of you that follow Jesus. This phrase is so vital for those of you that serve in the ministry in any capacity. Whether it's you with your kiddos down in the children's ministry. Whether right now like Troy and the guys out in the parking lot. Whether it's a family that was serving down in the cafe or whatever. It, it, whoever you are, pastor, priest, um, you know, bishop, whatever, whatever you are, this phrase, you've got to under, receive it, understand it. You guys on the worship team, anyone that serves the Lord, you don't want people to think of you above what you are. I don't want you, Ed Taylor is saying this, I don't want you to think of me above who I am, what you see and you hear. Here's the problem. Paul being very uncomfortable with this, having to share this glorious experience, doesn't want them to think of him any different just because he shared about this experience. He says, don't think of me any differently. And it's interesting, isn't it? I don't know if you're guilty of this. Perhaps you are. I certainly have been in my life. We often put people on man-made spiritual pedestals. We do it. Sometimes they ask to do it and it's easy to do it, but most of the time we do. Out of respect, I think it starts. God uses somebody in our lives you know, God just blesses us in their life. They just, their, their ministry, that their service, just, man, it's life-changing. I mean, it, it literally changed our life. We were walking through, and we came across this one brother, this one sister. God used them in such a great way, totally blessed us. And if we're not careful, we'll put them on a spiritual pedestal. We'll put them higher than they belong. We'll elevate them to a place that is beyond God's desire. It's beyond God's will. Believers have a tendency to cooperate and actually create this. We put people on pedestal. I mean, you, you think, I'll just throw a name out there. You just think of this, Billy Graham. Okay, so now Billy Graham, man, that brother, I mean, God used him in a huge way. God used him in a great way. God used me in a small way. Then no problem, we're just men, right? But it's Billy Graham. I mean, it's Billy Graham. Uh, you know, it's Mr. Graham. Friends call me Billy, but it's Mr. Graham, you know. It's like, and, and in my mind, just thinking about it, or, or with Pastor Chuck before he went to heaven, you know, I, I, I respect him. I mean, even my pastor, Jeff, if I'm around my pastor right now, I still get nervous for no reason. He's totally a regular guy. Bad breath, just like me. <laughs> Normal guy, him and his wife. We just had dinner with him uh, many months ago when we were in California. Great brother, love him, he loves me, but I still get nervous. And I don't know that I put him on a pedestal, but maybe I do because God used that man in a very powerful way in my life. Huge. Huge. 
I mean, it, it's, it's something that we can cooperate with if we're not careful. We think about them, you know, especially if you haven't met them. Now, I did get the chance to have uh, a long discussion with Pastor Chuck when he came out here years ago. He invited me over to, they were traveling in their motorhome around the country with Love Song. They came here for a concert. I got to spend about 20 minutes, 20, they invited, and I was so nervous. The, the guy that was with them goes, you know, Pastor Chuck would sure like to talk to you and find out about what he's doing. I said, what? <laughs> yeah, okay, I will. Sure, sure. And so I went over, he was parked right over here. I spent 15, 20 minutes. The, the brother was so gracious and so loving. He cared. He wanted to know about what God's doing at the church. That was before the radio station. We talked about the open door that maybe God would do it. And, and he offered some help and said, no, God's going to, I mean, he was a regular, totally normal guy that loved the Lord. And because he's farther ahead of me, I would want to use the good example in his life that I can model my life on. I mean, the Bible says to use good examples. I want to use it. My pastor has a good example. I want to follow him. Pastor, people in my life, Billy Graham has a good I want to follow him. If they, have, if they make mistakes or stumble, I don't want to follow those things, but we all make mistakes. And so what happens? We hear somebody on the radio. You know, we hear somebody on the radio or they visit, and, and then we, they, they come to our church perhaps to teach. And what's the first thing you do? He doesn't look like he does on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> like, whenever somebody comes and says, well, what did you think I was going to, and, and they just like, like, wow, you, that was, wow. <laughs> I felt the same way with the people. I mean, I, I, I mean, when I remember when I met Raul Reese the first time, big surprise, big surprise uh, of what I thought he would be and what he looked like. And, and yet his voice is the same, you know, God uses him. And, 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 and putting people on pedestals is a sin. Stop it. Don't do that to me as a pastor, as a friend, or you might hear me on the radio. This will be out on the radio. I'll just let you know I'm a normal guy, and my wife will turn to me, look me in the eye with a big smile, and say, you have bad breath. You need a mint. And I'll go, do you have one? I don't have one. You're on your own, man. I mean, we're, that might discourage you. Like, well, wait a minute, Ed. You're supposed to be like some... Some man that God uses, that's how I'm supposed to be. And when you make a mistake, I need to show you grace. And I make a mistake, you show me grace. That's, I have a role and responsibility. You have a role and responsibility. And I'm no different than you in many, many respects. I love the Lord. I want to grow. I want to be used. I don't want to be hindered. I don't want to be held back. Be careful not to believe that the people that God has used in your life are more important than you or more spiritual than you or supposed to be on a pedestal. And, and some will even email me. I've gotten, when I've shared this in the past, I'll go, well, but Ed, you know, why are you six feet above the ground then? Why are you on a stage if you're not? It's very simple. It's very simple. If I was down there, nobody would be able to see. So we raised the stage a little bit so everybody could see. That's it. It's that simple. Why are you on that? Because so you can see. And why, well, why didn't you just, why didn't you do what other churches are doing and, and build one of those stadium-style you know, stadium seating? Number one, because we couldn't afford it. And number two, we built this flat on purpose so that we can move the chairs out and use it for something else. It's very simple stuff. And so just because somebody's higher or lower, it doesn't mean anything. But we're, talk, we're not talking about just physical. So that's just to save an email. So we don't want to put people on pedestals. We don't want to put anyone on pedestals. We just want to be servants of the Lord. Let me show you this before we go. 1 Corinthians chapter 4. We don't want to elevate anyone. If God uses them greatly, then who do we thank? God. Can we thank the man or the woman? Absolutely. Express appreciation. 
express, express how God has used them. But, but remember, put it, into the, put it into the context that we've often been taught of a, of a skilled surgeon. You're sick, you've gone to the doctor, they've made the diagnosis, you have the appointment, you, they, they take you in, you put the gown on, they, they uh, you know, clean up an antiseptic and get you all ready into the clean operating room. The doctor does the surgery, it's a success, and as soon as you wake up, I'll tell you what you don't do. What you don't do is, where's the scalpel? I need to thank the scalpel. The scalpel was just, man, if it wasn't for the scalpel, I would have never been, I would have never had my surgery. The scalpel, where's the scalpel? I've got to thank the scalpel. Of course you don't do that. The scalpel is only valuable where? In the surgeon's hand. If you wake up, let your first thought be, hey, I thank God and where's the doctor? Thank you, doctor. And the great physician uses men and men like me and women like you ladies We're just scalpels. We get used and we put to the side and the surgeon, the great physician, he gets all the glory for the great things he has done and continues to do. And if you start to worship the scalpel, if you start to worship the instrument that God uses and not the hand in which it is, you're going to go astray and you're going to make big mistakes. And there's a good chance that you'll get ripped off by someone along the way that's going to take advantage of your sincerity of heart of thanksgiving and desire to honor. The Bible does speak of honor and even giving double honor to the elders and the people that God has used in your life. But double honor and honor does not speak of worship or unconditional loyalty. It speaks of good relational love, appreciation, and encouragement. Not worship or pedestal. Billy Graham, if you and I had the privilege of meeting him, we would just be so appreciative that God used him. And it all depends on where you put the accent, right? God used Billy Graham, not God used Billy. God is faithful. And so here's how we look at ourselves. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 4. 1 Corinthians 4. It's, I mean, the Lord, the Lord has a word for you. I hope you leave encouraged and uplifted. But here's how. So, so you're somebody that is used. You're someone that God has hands upon. You're the scalpel, all shiny, and you've done your work. It's been successful. You are right there in the great physician's hand. So here's God's word to you. Let a man so consider us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it's required that in stewards one be found faithful. So what are we? We're just servants. Now this is an interesting word. It's not the word word doulos that we saw before. That means a bondservant. It's not the word diakonos, which is the word deacon, not the table waiter that we see in the book of Acts. It's actually a brand new word that relates to servanthood. It's the Greek word huperetes, H-U-P-E-R-E-T-E-S. It literally means an attendant or a servant. And the picture that's painted here would be of an under rower. This would be the slave on the lowest deck of the ship who just simply rowed obediently to the cadence of the drummer. That's what they were responsible to do. The unseen powerhouse of the ship's movement. The unseen servant. Just down in the galley. Down in the galley where people worked the hardest, laboring faithfully, but never getting any attention, 
You know, nobody would go, man, they're just the, 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 the under rowers were just so good this time. They didn't pay attention. Just like if, if you're, you know, when you go home and you, you make it home tonight and you make it home safely, you're just, I don't know, I don't know the last time I really thought, you know, my, the engine in my car just really good, man. I'm just, I'm glad for my engine. Just glad. I'm glad my engine brought me on. I don't even, I don't even, it doesn't even, just like you, you're under rower, you would never even think about it. They just did what it needed to do. The engine, you guys got to have 250,000 miles on your car. Your engine did what it's supposed to do. Give it a party. <laughs> you're not going to give it a party. Why? It did what it was supposed to do. And you're praying for another 250,000 miles, aren't you? <laughs> you know, one of the brothers in our church, his wife is just in a serious accident, and we've been praying for him, and, and uh, she's safe, she's okay, and, but they totaled the car. Had 250,000-something miles on it. But that 250,000 miles was very valuable to them. That car had been very faithful. Same thing happened with us when we lost our van. Marie was in a serious accident. She was safe, had, you know, some back problems and such. But, man, that van, very faithful, raised our kids in it out here in Colorado and spun it around in the ice a couple of times and hit a few curbs. And, but then when we lost it, it's like, oh, that was a faithful. But, man, you don't think about that to fear about your car, huh? It just does what it's supposed to do. And I think in a very real way, if we see ourselves as just someone, just someone, we do what we're supposed to do. And I just want to be found faithful, right? Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter in to the joy of the Lord. Because there are other times, and I warn you, I warn you, those that serve here at Calvary, I warn myself as I hear my own voice. There are those that like to put themselves on a pedestal and God will have none of that. You may think you're getting away with it. You may think that God will have none of that. It's best just to humble yourself before the mighty hand of God. Consider yourself an under rower, a bond servant, a diakonos, a table waiter. Just serve the Lord. You owe everything to Jesus. Don't look for credit. Don't look for accolades. Don't get personally offended if nobody thanks you or nobody notices. Believe me, it's not true. Of course not only do people notice, but even if nobody, no human ever notices what you do for the kingdom, the Bible says, the Bible says that what you do in secret, your heavenly father will reward you openly. So don't serve man. Serve the Lord. It'll make serving man a lot easier. But if you serve man, you'll be upset. You'll be looking to, well, did I do it right? And say, man, just serve the Lord. Because the Bible said, if your ways please the Lord, he can even make your enemies be at peace with you. Let alone the people you get along with. People you want to serve with, the people that just, you know, God's going to use in a great way. So don't put people up on pedestals. Don't put yourself on a pedestal. Just consider yourself a servant. That's what Paul says. He says, look, I know a man had this heavenly vision. I can't say anything about it. I don't want you to think any more of me than I am, what you see in here. And I'd say it's a good thing to write over your Bible servants. Men and women, you have a call to the ministry. You want to be a missionary. You want to be a pastor. Sundays, just right at the top of your, don't, don't think of me anything above than what you see or hear. Because whatever you see, whatever they see in here, God is changing you and molding you and making you the person that he wants you to be. That, just be content in him. You're just a scalpel. Be content to be in the Father's hand because that's scalpel. Sitting on the table doesn't do anything, but when God picks you up, it's amazing what can happen. It's amazing the life that he can give to you. 
You're listening to Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. If you joined us late or would like to hear this message again, turn to AboundingGraceRadio.com. Or you can listen through our app, too. Search for Calvary Aurora in the App Store or Google Play. If you take a brief moment to write or call, that would make our day. Let us know the station you're listening to and if today's study was a blessing to your life. We'd also love to pray for you. You can email us through our new website at AboundingGraceRadio.com by clicking on Contact. Abounding Grace is made possible through the support of our listeners. And when you give a donation of $25 or more to Abounding Grace, you're invited to request a copy of The Third Option by Miles McPherson. In it, Pastor Miles speaks out about the racial divisions in today's world and encourages us to see people as God sees them. It contains awesome practical takeaways and exercises to help you understand the points of views of others. I think you'll also be inspired and encouraged to make positive changes in our country, starting with yourself. Again, ask for a copy of The Third Option when you call today at 877-30-GRACE. That's 877-30-GRACE. Your generosity helps us provide the teaching of God's Word on stations all across the nation. We're constantly hearing from listeners that have been helped and are growing by God's abounding grace. Thank you for standing with us. Making a donation to the ministry is easier than ever, as you can now do so through our website at AboundingGraceRadio.com. Tell a friend about these daily studies, and then be sure to join Pastor Ed Taylor next time for more teaching from 2 Corinthians. That's right here on Abounding Grace. This is amazing grace. Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado. 